welcome to another episode of Ho in the Know. I am a cinnamon spice and everything nice, Selena. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I'm plant daddy, Corey. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm going to be a plant daddy. Oh, nice. What kind of plants? Any um, particular genre? Uh, indoor, waxy, you know, large leaf hanging, you know, tendrils like plants. I There's, love the the drapey plants. Yeah, like there was this plant growing up uh that was like on my friend's front porch that was like these beautiful red flowers and if you crush them they made like this red paste. Ooh. And I love those. Yeah. Wow, it's really impressive whenever like a plant really keeps its pigments mm-hmm. like whenever it's crushed cuz usually it'll oxidize and then kind of like change to be like uh, brown gray or, or brown or yeah yeah or like just like a muted green but this one stayed red and uh, yeah pretty dope yeah um and we're here with eve Marlowe. hey hi thanks for having me thanks so much for being here um it's it's been a whirlwind of uh troubleshooting and <laughs> learning technology and you know what as a hoe I just feel like I don't need to know most of these things. Speaking of the podcast, I'm how I want to know. But yeah, I just, I don't. And yet I do. And here I am learning, everyday learning. Every day, you know, learn something new. It's good for your brain. It's good for your brain. Every episode, we begin with a segment we call Historical Hose. And this week's historical hoe is Imperia Cognati. I got my information from an article in Wikipedia on Imperia Cognati. Imperia Cognati was born on August 3rd of 1486 in the Via Alessandrina district of Borgu in Rome. Her parents were Diana di Pietro Cognati, a Roman prostitute or full-service sex worker and a man by the surname de Paris. Though whether it was because he was from Paris or whether that was his given surname is unknown. When she was a teen, she gave birth to her daughter, Lucrezia. The paternity of the child is unclear, but many historians believe the banker, Augustino Chigi, to be Lucrezia's father, likely because he claimed her himself. While working, she called herself Imperia di Pietro Cugnati, meaning Queen of the Courtesans. Soon after her entrance into business, she was considered the archetype of a courtesan. What is an archetypal courtesan? A charming and intelligent woman. The banker, Augustino Chigi, was Imperia's primary regular, and he was at this point in time considered to be the richest banker in the world. He financed Imperia to maintain what she what was called a royal standard of living, and she kept both the palace in Rome and a country villa outside the city. As was the custom for courtesans, she spent her days by the window, where she displayed her appearance to passers-by. She was known to be courted by the men of the papal court, but her tactic was to remain exclusive and accept only a few clients while she surrounded herself with courtiers from noble families. Her most famous client was the painter Raphael, whose paintings Imperia modeled for more than once. Several anecdotes surviving uh, showed her witness, or wittiness 
Above her doorstep was an inscription inviting only those who would bring wit and good mood and those who would leave money or a considerable present when leaving. It was said that Rome was blessed by the gods twice, when the god Mars gave them the Imperium Romanum and when Venus gave them Imperia. Legends surround Imperia's death. It was said she poisoned herself on August 13th, 1512, prepared her will and died two days later, despite Chigi bringing the most skilled physicians to her deathbed. Several reasons for her suicide are rumored. rumored. Rumor one, she had been genuinely in love with Angelo del Buffalo, or Buffalo, I don't know, her longtime client, but their relationship had tragically ended. Rumor two states that she felt replaced by Chigi's younger mistress. Rumor three suggested a so-called affair of honor involving Pope Julius II demanding her death. Author Pietro Arentino claimed, however, that Imperia died rich, venerated, and dignified in her own home. Agostino Chigi financed a stately funeral in Rome, which was sensational for a sex worker. Although her monument in San Gregorio al Cielo didn't survive to the present day, there is still much art about her that does exist. Raphael used her as a muse for Galatea and Triumph of Galatea in Via Farnesina, as Sappho in the Vatican Palace, and as Sibyl on Chigi's de uh, designated tomb at Santa Maria uh, della Paz. Or della Paz, I don't know. If you speak Italian, please write in. More recently, Imperia was portrayed in 2005 by the actress Manuela Arcuri in an Italian TV film production. She also appears as a character in the historical mystery The Wolves of St. Peter's by Gina uh, Buonaguro and Janice Kirk. And that is the venerated, dignified, rich life of courtesan Imperia Cognati, this week's historical hoe. And uh, yeah, I was talking to Corey before we started about 90 Day Fiance. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all binging 90 Day Fiance. I know. Like, I think, I don't know anybody who's not. Are you, are you watching 90 Day Fiance, Eve? I actually try to watch as least TV as possible. I don't even own a television. I'm weird. <gasps> I wow. understand. I don't own a television either. Um, I just have my laptop and I have an iPad. I mean, it's like, that's as much of a TV as that's I need. That's a TV. <laughs> that's yeah, a I mean, do you guys get wrapped up in shows where you ever get like fully emotional? I watched a little bit of like Handmaid's Tale and I, it ruined my whole day. Those episodes, yeah. I couldn't even, maybe even two or three days. Like I was so anxious and just so in the story. I think I'm just too, too caught up in it. I get a little too emotional and I know it's not real, but in my head, it's like, I'm fucked up all day because of it. 
No, that's that's a legit thing. And if you need to self-care and, and step away from that, that is so important, especially right now. emotional. Yeah. <laughs> during I... 90 Day Fiancé. <laughs> well, not during 90 Day Fiancé, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You know, you can, you can tell us. But I feel like trashy TV, like if you do have that type of personality that I do where you just get overly emotional over TV, I feel like trashy TV is the way, the truth and the light is because it's, it's pretty light even though it's like drama it's like such it's such crazy drama it's like out of our realm of reality right yeah Mm -hmm. that was me and breaking amish oh Oh. that was such a it was uh it was so good and bad and yeah it it taught me a lot about amish culture though so yeah that's pretty interesting i like whenever you like accidentally learn stuff from these things uh i don't know i watched it like there's so many episodes where it's like some guy is like a fundamentalist christian virgin and Mm. he's like i'm gonna save myself until marriage (laughs) (laughs) i'm like oh man but i'm gonna get a a mail order bride yes (laughs) well i mean actually this the one that i watched he just like went on a vacation and he fell in love with a woman that he found there and he had a he had a very racist father who was very like I don't know how I feel about interracial marriage. Specific, and he used the word interracial marriage. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> um, and then there's, yeah, this Just other guy. Yeah. It's not, it's a weird phrase to use <laughs> for humans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, it was just, I don't know. I feel like the Christians are just like, Especially the ones who wait until like marriage to have sex are just the horniest people. <laughs> truly, I mean, truly. I mean, the, you know, do it in the back door, you stay a virgin, right? You know, like I that, guess, that but, comes out of that. I mean, sort it of, depends. Like, yeah, it does come out of that culture, but I think a lot of people are like not like that. Like they're like they're trying to be like we don't even hug that long. Oh. We don't even do full body hugs, so we can't make out. Side hugs only, yeah. Only like quick hugs or like no middles touching hugs. Uh, Shoulder taps. Shoulder taps, yeah. (laughs) That's as sensual as it gets. Leaving room for Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) You mean a threesome. (laughs) Yeah, I like the Jesus threesome. (laughs) I always thought about that. Like they talk about like Jesus is always with you or God is always with you. And I'm like... So in the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> so in the bedroom, he's watching. Jesus is a voyeur. Yeah. He's <laughs> a pervy little man. Yeah. Like wow. Just am- now. Yeah. Just like imagine like you're that person who's like knows what and when everybody's getting freaky. Yeah. And you're always watching. Yeah. Wait, is Jesus a cuck? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I think we've solved the mystery. We, we know. We know some things after today. Yeah. Um, so so tell me tell me about yourself. <laughs> no, I okay, okay. Eve, I I okay, we started talking on Instagram and I forget what I had posted in the story, but I was just like I don't know, maybe talking about pregnancy or something, and you had mentioned that you had worked through pregnancy as a dancer. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I moved to Portland when I was pregnant. Um, I just got this 
intuition feeling that I needed to leave LA and it was, it was so abrupt and sudden. It was like, I need to move now. Uh, something's leading me to move. And I packed up all of my stuff and like in three days and just moved. Um, and I've, I've been in LA local for 10 years. And so it was, uh, quite the adjustment. And when I went there, I was pregnant, but I wasn't showing. So I got hired. There's so many strip clubs there. There's more strip clubs per capita than anywhere in the entire world, or so I'm told. And it seems to be true. There are a lot of different strip clubs and there are a lot of interesting strip clubs. There was a vegan strip club there and yeah. they only hand out $2 bills. And I, it, it's, it's so okay. funny. <laughs> Like, excuse me, you just go to the bank every day and you're like, give me all the $2 bills. Are there enough $2 bills? So just like any strip club, when you come with a $100 bill and you're like, hey, can you give me some ones? They just give you $2 bills instead. So it's up to the club's responsibility to have so many $2 bills ready to change out. So instead of ones, they just give two. I kind of like that because a lot of people sit on the stage for hours and I don't know if either of you have danced before. Oh yeah. I've danced for years. So yeah, they'll just tip a single dollar. Right. And so at least least you're getting $2. So you're making double, you're making (laughs) double what you would normally on stage. And a lot of people get drunk and they forget their twos is, is what I'm, assuming happens because I know when I went there as a customer, I definitely did that. Um, (laughs) I I speak for everybody when I say I got drunk and I forgot all of my (laughs) (laughs) By other people, I mean me, I did this. Um, And uh, it was fun. And I was, I was, I love that. I love that they have $2 bills. I didn't end up working there um, even though I'm mostly plant-based. So it probably would have been a fun club for me. I ended up working somewhere else and slowly, you know, I, I started, my boobs started getting bigger. And I remember someone that worked there was like, have your boobs always been this big? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> totally. 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 And then, um, I, you know, obviously I was like four months before I started at, when I started showing and that's, that's pretty far along. And I, I know it was, it was a combination of things why people were thinking that I never drink. I always turn down drinks. And so that was kind of a red flag because even girls that don't drink while dancing, a lot of them will pick a night, you know, you'll always see the girls that never drink while dancing. Like they'll have their night most of the time. And I never had yeah. that night. Cause I was I'm that person. <laughs> I don't drink really at the club, but like I will have a night where I will have a drink or a few drinks after I've made a certain amount of money. Exactly. And I just, it was, it was kind of telling that I was never drinking and then I was gaining weight. My boobs were getting larger and veinier. And uh, the manager pulled me into the office and was like, you know, there's a rumor going around that you're pregnant. And I was like, what? And I was like, you know, that's really hard to hear since um, I've, I'm, I'm really depressed. I just started a new antidepressant and it's making me gain a ton of weight. And, and I'm really offended that people think this because I, uh, I wasn't – What a sly money. little fox. I wasn't <laughs> money and I, I have been on antidepressants that made me gain a lot of weight. So it was the first thing that popped up in my head. I'm like, okay, I, I know the answer to this, right? I know what can what can – do this to you. Mm-hmm. And um, 
So uh, I I told him this. And he's like, okay, well, you know what? You need to start wearing corsets. And what? <laughs> yeah, and you need to get a fake tan because when you're more tan, it makes you look thinner. Wear a lot what? of black, and uh, oh. get your nails done. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm just, I, I need, like, I'm fucking dying right now over this manager's reaction. Like, what the hell? How does he get off telling you to do these things? <laughs> like. You're hired. You're, you're okay. Okay, go on. Okay. I think you know it's just the type of club it was. They were very much searching for a certain type of look, and they wanted to present themselves in a certain way. And I, I just, I love that he that he believed the the nonsense, you know. But I knew I couldn't pull it off for very much longer, and I knew that I was only getting bigger and uh I knew Imagine I, being pregnant with a corset. Yeah. I definitely didn't do that. <laughs> I just <laughs> want to put it out there that I said yes to everything and did not get my nails done or get a tan or wear a corset. Good <laughs> <laughs> on you. I knew I just wanted another week there or so. I was making really good money there. And I knew that even a week of money and I never knew when I was gonna stop. That's this is scariest part about stripping when you're pregnant you don't know when you're going to lose your job and you don't know when the money's going to run out and you don't know when people are going to stop finding you sexy. Because even if I do find a strip club, that doesn't mean people are going to get dances. That doesn't mean people are going to tip me on stage. And then there's also these things that happen during pregnancy to a lot of people where sometimes they get nauseous and they're throwing up and they can't work. And then there's other times where their feet swells. And a lot of people that I talked to, they said, Hey, by four months I was sitting on the couch until I gave birth and I couldn't do anything other than that. And so for me to be at this high energy job doing cardio, uh, for six to eight hours a day, um, yeah, is really difficult being pregnant because it, presents a lot of challenges. You're just so fatigued. You're so tired. And then you can't drink coffee. I mean, at least I... Oh my I God. Yeah. Coffee, you, you know, it's and good I, that you followed the rules. I mean, that's always healthiest for the baby, but yeah, yeah. I followed uh, the rules, but I, I was freaking tired. I'm like, yeah. you know, sometimes I was like, okay, just two sips of coffee. And I'm not saying coffee's bad. I'm, I'm pretty sure you can have one cup a day. I was just hypersensitive and, uh, it was my first pregnancy and I was so happy to be pregnant. And I was just really paranoid about losing the pregnancy. And so I, I was just hyper vigilant about things that could be bad and really staying away from them while pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I got, uh, uh, the next week I had to find a new job. I knew, I knew I had to find a new job and I, I, I quit the club and, I started sending out my resumes and I was about five months. And the problem is I've been doing sex work for so long. I've been a sex worker for over 10 years now. Mm -hmm. And I don't have anything on my resume other than that. So when I'm going to these, even just donut shops, they, yeah. I'm was 27 years old and they're like, okay, so what's your work experience? Uh, so I made an entire fake resume. Yes. Good on you. Like, Fucking scam that I, system. 
this is lovely. <laughs> so I, I did, but the problem is, I think they were calling the numbers, you know, and uh, okay. the numbers. That's a fucking were, donut shop. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just know that I didn't get hired. That's all I do know. And I wasn't showing. I was, I was showing, but I was wearing baggy enough clothes that you didn't know I was pregnant. So I understand why people might not have hired me if they knew I was pregnant. I really don't think these people knew I. Was I mean, pregnant. it's just so frustrating that like people are always discriminating so hard based upon pregnancy. Like it's just really difficult because I think that a lot of mothers are single mothers, or even if they do have a partner, it's just an expensive world to live in and babies are really expensive. And, you know, it, it, it is hard when someone's like, you know, discriminating against you because you're pregnant, because you probably need the money, the money more than other people at that time. Yeah. The most. Oh yeah, for sure. And so I, Try, I was like, you know what? It's it's Portland. Make Portland weird again, right? Or or, or what is the saying? Yeah, yeah, keep Portland yeah. Weird. Keep Portland weird, weird or something. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. I think I I mixed up uh, Trump's quote and Portland's quote. <laughs> Where is that quote from? Okay, wrong quote. <laughs> wrong quote. Wrong. <laughs> so I it was it was keep Portland weird or whatever. So I'm like, you know what? I bet you there's a, a strip club that will hire me. There has to be. There has to be a strip club that will hire me. It's Portland and they're weird here or so so the saying says. Mm-hmm. And so I went around and I was it was very visible that I was pregnant, but it was a small bump. It was 5 months, but definitely there was no hiding it in a bikini or lingerie. At the time I was still wearing my high heels because I was God bless you. I, I was able to walk around in them. I mean, the pleasers are so comfortable. Like they're more comfortable than some of my smaller heels. And uh, mm-hmm. I know that the risk on that, I guess, is falling. But it's you know, it's a it's a four inch fall. I felt like I could I could yeah. handle it, and I didn't fall. I didn't fall for the record. But I I tried out at a bunch of clubs, and the differences between LA clubs and Portland clubs was really funny because Portland people, they and managers, they kind of skate around the issue of not hiring you with lies. Like every time I would go out, I went out and I I went to three different clubs to try out while pregnant. And every single manager was like, that was great. You're hired. But, but our schedule is just, ooh, ooh, yeah, I'm looking and it's super full, super full. You know what? Why don't you give me your number? And when we have an opening, we'll give you a call. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, I'm just taking their word for face value. And I'm like, okay, perfect. That sounds great. Uh, <laughs> and and I, I go home and I'm living with my sister at the time. And I'm like, guess what? Got hired at four clubs today. I guess I get, you know, my pick of the litter. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, they're just all hiring me. They're, they said that they're busy right now. But I know that, you know, when they get the opening that, you know, they'll call me in a week, oh, man. about a week, about a week. They're well, they, call me they week. do that all the time with black dancers. Yeah. It's like black dancers will come in and they'll be like, oh, we're just so busy right now. Or like, oh, we're just not hiring. We hired three other girls today. So we just can't <laughs> right now. Or like, we'll call you, you know, like, we, you know, just, just we'll be in touch. Like, <laughs> literally, that's just so common. <laughs> that is exactly what they, that, what they were doing. And I know that in LA, I mean, from my sense, 
from I had a friend that was really tattooed and they just straight up when she worked, when she was dancing in LA, one club just said, we can't hire you because you have too many tattoos. We don't hire girls with tattoos. And they were just so blunt. And then I had another friend and they were just like, um, we don't hire your body type, which is not right, which is not right at all. And it's really fucked Mm -hmm. up. But I feel like in Portland, they would have been like, you're hired, give us you know, the, the schedule is just too busy. And I was seeing the differences from LA was just kind of like rude with it. Like even when I got hired, when I first started dancing in LA, the, uh, manager told me you're hired, but you need to lose weight. Oh my gosh. Work here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was a uh, hefty 140. It's like, it was like, really? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I couldn't even, believe and and coming from this guy too you should have really seen this guy right. of it's course it's always he's like fucking men who look like chewing gum on the bottom of the table like <laughs> that's being generous that's being really generous <laughs> so so i was just seeing this differences because then a month went by and i'm like five and a half or six months pregnant now and i'm like crap i haven't worked my money's like completely run out. I was on welfare at the time. And so I was getting some money for groceries and things like that, but I, I really needed to work that that only goes so far and it wasn't paying my rent and, and I needed money for the baby and to buy the baby things. And so I, no one was hiring me. I was going out every day. I was trying regular civilian jobs. And then I was also trying strip clubs. And I finally, found a strip club that I got hired at and I was so grateful. I was super, super grateful. And it was uh, skin in Portland. I think they're T's now and it was skin with two N's if I remember. And S-K-Y-N-N or S-K-I-N-N. And now it's Club T's and it's in the Northeast Portland. And I was so grateful that they hired me and they seem to have uh they hired a bunch of different girls and and the guys love that there was so many there was so much you know variety and looks and and height weight and now now they got a pregnant chick on the roster it's perfect <laughs> just I mean, just what they were missing honestly just like there are so many niches that like should be filled by a variety of dancers it's like why not like why not <laughs> it's more money it's more money it's more customers to bring in mm-hmm. absolutely and i saw all of these dancers make money and uh, all looking completely different and they all cater to different like you said different different niches and different people. And I was, I was wondering how dancing would go with being pregnant and I was getting bigger and I, I changed my heels into short, safer heels. I was still doing though, like splits and things like this. I was doing, I was doing the splits on the pole. It was like a sideways split. Think Uh of my right, my left foot on the ground and then my right foot all the way up on the pole. Okay, and I was doing that until the day I gave the day before I gave birth. Hell yes, hell yes. What a bad bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And people said they said, you know, how can you do this? I I would not. I was on the couch, you know, especially by your time, and I started growing bigger. I was eight months, and people are like, I don't even know 
how you're doing this. My feet swelled. And I really believe that I just had this mentality, this like survivor mentality that I have no other option, but to work, but to make money. And I'm like, body, you can't fuck up. Like you're just not allowed to like swollen feet. You just can't like, you just, you're just not allowed to do that. Um, because I need this. And I think just, just having that, that mentality took me a lot farther because I never thought, Oh, I'm just too tired. I'm, I just too, you know, whatever, whatever I was feeling at the time, it was never that it was just, I have to do this. I have no other option. And I was so grateful to have a place that hired me at the time. And also to be able to choose my hours. I didn't take many days off. I was working Mm -hmm. every day. Oh my gosh. But I also wasn't making the same amount of money. There was days where I made $0 and there's days where I made a whopping 60. And that was a good day for me. Yeah. 60 was a good day. A hundred was a phenomenal day. Uh huh. And uh, there was different types of people that came to me or tipped me. There were the people who gave me $5 on stage and would say, you know, save this for his college fund. Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, just I'm just trying to buy lunch today, but <laughs> yeah. like I'm just trying to be able to eat and sleep but, in uh, place. <laughs> College fun. Yep. Okay. I'll put it away. Thanks. Um, no, it was, it was sweet. It's, it's just funny. You know, I don't think that they, they really yeah. understood the reality of my reality at the time. You know, it was very I sweet. I mean, they're also just like the people who think that $5 will get you anywhere, anywhere. with that, college. That won't get you a $5 <laughs> foot long. You know, yeah. there's, there's still tax and change on that yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't I, I don't know of any colleges that are five dollars but I get it and it was sweet and uh, then there was the people that were like just shook they're like oh my god I have never seen a pregnant stripper I'm like mm-hmm. me either you know and <laughs> <laughs> like join the club yeah yeah and they're like god I just need to get a lap dance on you so I can write about this on twitter what yeah yeah so it it was like a commodity you know they're just like I have to tell my friends that I got a lap dance from a pregnant stripper and I didn't care how the money was coming in you know I was just happy it was so I'm like hey if I need to be the class clown for you I'm down you're just like I don't know this is so like it's so incredible to just hear your like fortitude and like the way that you were just like I'm going to do this one way or another. I'm going to work every day. I'm going to make sure that I eat every day. I'm going to do anything I have to do to like bring this baby into this world and like take care of us. Like, it's just, it's really beautiful. It's also just like incredible to hear like all of these challenges and just like the, your, just your fucking ability to, to get through that and to get through these like patronizing comments and shit. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Like I said, I think when you just, when you feel like you don't have a choice or an option, those things, they just don't really enter your mind. It's just, it's survival mode. You know, there's something that kicks in. And especially when you're a mother, there's that everyone calls it like, oh, you're like a mama bear or whatever. You just Mm -hmm. have this. I'll do anything for my child. And you don't even think it's hard. It just is. 
It just, mm-hmm. it just is. And it's so just what you got to do. I mean, you, you know, there are those mothers that like pull cars off of their children and like, yes. you know, just super feats. I yeah. mean, you're literally that person right now. You're like, <laughs> I did the full splits up until the day I gave birth, <laughs> like on a pole in heels. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm feel like such a wimp, like comparatively, like I, <laughs> I work like two days, maybe three days at the club. If I do three days, I'm like, man. That's fucking hard. Oh my god, <laughs> it's hard. It is. It's just it wears on your body in a way that like not a lot of other jobs do, or I guess like it, it wears on your body the way that like a like physical labor job does. You know, I agree. But for me, it's not even the physical part of it. I appreciate being able to sit in between dancing. So there, you know, I'm sure there can be like two or three hours sometimes where you can sit unless it's really busy, but you still sometimes get to sit or be on your phone. For me, the hardest part about dancing is the emotional labor that comes into it because I, as people are not going to believe this, but I'm, I'm secretly an introvert. So I'm really social and I love friends and blah, blah, blah. But there's a time where I just am drained. I'm so drained. And I think that's because I love to entertain and because I love to be the class clown and I, I love to twerk and start conversations. But then there comes a point, you know, three hours in where I'm like, God, I want to go home and be with my cats. <laughs> and yeah. you have to be the conversation starter. And some people want to talk for longer. And if the club's dead and you're just hoping this one person gets a dance from you, sometimes you, you talk to them for a long time and Mm -hmm. it's always, and not only just talking, I don't mind talking, but it's the small talk that fucking kills me. Hi, how are you? Where do you live? What do you do? And it's just the same thing over and over. The next time, next time I talk to someone, I'm just like, do you like aliens? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am just so freaking tired of talking about people's, you know, where they live and what they do. And it's just, unless they really, you know, of course, really love their job and it's a passion, that's totally different. But most of the time, it's just, you know, it's, it's not that. And it's just such small talk and re- doing it over and over and over and repeating yourself. That to me is the most tiring thing. And when I go home, it's not my body that hurts. It's just my mind. I'm just like, ugh, yeah. so tired mentally. It's like the, it's the combination. It's like that mental just having to be on, but also the physical of like, just all of the elements of walking around and sitting with people and then getting up to dance intermittently, which like kind of creates this interruption. And then like, if you get to private dances, like all of the stuff that that takes, it's just, I don't know. It's just like very full contact job on all of the levels. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And then doing it when they call it pregnancy brain, you just, you're so forgetful. So I'm like, wait, did that person pay me? Like, I can't even remember anything. It's, it's, like ADHD times a thousand. I, I have ADHD and it's it's like that times a thousand. You just, did I lock the door? Did I do this? Wait, what was I saying mid-sentence? Your brain is just not functioning at the capacity that it usually does. Like I said, there's nothing you can take for it. I mean, I mean at least I didn't. You know, I have... I. I have an Adderall prescription, but I was like, I don't want to take that while I'm pregnant. So all the things yeah. that I usually use 
as tools to help me navigate brain fog or tiredness or you have insomnia when you're pregnant and they tell you, I'm looking up like, can I take melatonin? And it's only this amount, which is, you know, it's just so different how, how, you get stopped because before I'm like, oh, I'm tired. Maybe I'll take a, I can't sleep. I have insomnia. I'll take some melatonin or maybe I'll take some Xanax or I'm doing things that I can't do while I'm pregnant or breastfeeding. And so it just presents you with a lot of challenges, especially my anxiety. I had such bad, bad, I, I've always suffered from anxiety and I'm like, man, I just have to sit with this now. And I just have to feel for nine months, whether it's social anxiety, whether it's anxiety over bills or whatever it is, whereas usually, and I'm totally not against smoking weed while pregnant or anything, but I personally didn't. And so usually I would just, you know, I'm really anxious. I can't sleep. I'm going to smoke some weed. I'm going to take a little, there's just so many, so many tools that I was using that I couldn't use. And I was really sitting with myself and my thoughts and my feelings and the anxiety and the uneasiness, the restlessness, the tiredness, the sleeplessness, all of these emotions, my horniness, all of these things, there was like so much and it was so amplified by like a thousand. And I just had to be with it and sit with it and just say hello and be like, hi, we're here. I feel like I might have an anxiety attack. It's, you know, but I'm, 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 this is, this is my life for nine months and maybe longer since I chose to breastfeed. And that is, it was really one of the greatest experiences because I would have never given up these easy, accessible tools. I would have never done that. I was just so easy. I can't sleep. Let's just, you know, chew on some melatonin. I can't like, there was just so many things that I just decided to be really kind of more holistic in my uh, pregnancy and just didn't, didn't really take anything. But it it made me really sit with myself. And that's such a unique experience because I think for me anyways, I had never experienced anything like that before. I don't know if you guys have ever done a cleanse and let yourself just have those panic attacks, but it's a different experience. Oh, boy. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I, I my pregnant friends have told me the same thing about giving up everything, especially my friends who deal with like major like mental health issues and like giving up their like you know, their attention stuff or their anxiety stuff or just all of the the other things. And it's just like, that just seems really hard. And scary. (laughs) It's also like, if you just, if you are, you know, not, um, what is, what is the right word? I can't even remember. Like if you have any neurodiversity, like this could, you could really just go into like a dangerous spiral too. Yeah. Yeah, that that scares me about pregnancy, even though we just before we were talking about how like, I kind of want children, maybe not actually kind of a lot. Um, yeah, not kind of, I really do. <laughs> I, I, uh, but like a big hurdle to that is like, I take a lot of medication to make sure that like, I'm okay every day. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know what giving that up and and giving into what my body is going to do if I were to get pregnant like uh, you know that that's a feat that's amazing I I'm I'm in I'm in awe and in shock and and 
amazed by people like you who can do that. Yeah. I don't know if I could. I mean, well, okay. I don't want to be a pregnant ever, but like if I, if I had to like do a full cleanse for some reason, like there are just a lot of things that would just really immediately be so difficult. Like sleeping would be harder and interacting with people would be harder. It's like, I've taken breaks from my, from my, um, my like anxiety and depression medicine. And it's, gotten so bad like it just I go like I start off fine and then I go swiftly downhill until the point where I like I can't even speak to people or look at anybody in the eyes so it's just like you know god I don't know how you did it (laughs) I don't like I'm just so impressed I'm just so floored by this but maybe it's like it is that like thing where you know you have this new human that like yeah, you, you want to make sure everything is good with you. Like I'll do fucking anything. Oh, anything. you know, yeah. It really is. It's really a new type of love because there's not many people in the world that you love in that way that you're willing to give up everything for or do anything for, and you don't even do that for yourself, you know. So yeah. it's like, it's it's really just this completely new type of love. Uh, yeah, it's it's really beautiful. And I I the people that worked at the club, they were so supportive and so sweet and everyone was just so kind to me. And I made really good friends there. They Aww. threw me a baby shower. Oh my oh. gosh. <laughs> Uh, can I just have like a we we were talking before this too we were like we want a TLC series yeah about this <laughs> and um I want your story to be actually a dramatic reenactment yeah <laughs> think 16 and pregnant but hoes <laughs> but nicer though like yeah. much more wholesome yeah oh yeah <laughs> Ho-some? did you say wholesome oh, oh, oh I did not but, but you know maybe I should have <laughs> uh yeah no it would be a a beautiful thing just to see the kind because i i don't think that's seen enough that like you know i know we talked about um uh the documentary that uh about only fans and you know but i don't think that mainstream media really talks about like the wholesomeness that exists within whole communities yeah enough or like the amount of people who are sex workers through pregnancy like um we've had a few guests who have worked through pregnancy like um cinnamon love she did she even did some pregnancy porn um and she was talking and i i listened to her in a different podcast but she had talked about how like most of the pregnancy porn is not made by people who are really into the pregnancy and like adoring it and like really fetishizing it in like uh in a beautiful way because like there are beautiful ways to like fetishize the pregnancy to like appreciate the glow and the bounty and the fruitfulness and the just all of the i mean fluffy pussy fertile fluffy fragrant pussy (laughs) 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 the title of this episode no JK, JK. I feel um, like there could be, I feel like people don't show that side because they almost don't even want to recognize that there is that side to sex work. Whenever they, they put on 
it's all about the drama and you know that that stuff sells but there's a whole other side like you said a whole wholesomeness and community within sex works and there's friendships that are made there are relationships that are made there are just there are funny moments there are you know think when you're laughing and you can't stop laughing because these the sex workers are so multifaceted and they're funny and they're just they're kind and generous and giving and there's so many different different things about us but i do think that they just kind of show one one thing you know when when they're documenting or documenting it or that i've seen so far and i do wish that they would bring some wholesomeness into it but i just i feel like people aren't ready to even accept that that exists if that makes sense i mean also like not even not just that but like not bringing eroticism into pregnancy like it's so Mm. American that people are not like pregnancy is hot like (laughs) and it can totally be really fucking hot you know like I think especially in like Latino cultures like there is like this this heat to pregnancy like there's a lot of fetishization of pregnancy and just like you know the full pregnant woman and her large breasts the large breasts and the the protruding vulva she's you know yeah all of that it's just you know there's a lot of that but here it's like you are disgusting ew it's disgusting or like you are you're treated as like virginal virginal for sure like a yeah it's definitely can't be touched you know yes or like you cannot mess with the life that's in you, you know, like, oh, what if my penis touches the like pokes the baby's head? It's like, okay, come on, guys. You wish your penis was that big. Give me a Yeah, point. you wish. You <laughs> truly do. Also I your penis this. Also your penis helped create the thing. So like you know It's I, natural, guys. Yeah, like chill. Fucking have have pregnancy sex chill bro (laughs) i never felt more horny or more sexual or more sexy than i did when i was pregnant i felt so beautiful so hot and i know a lot of women don't feel this way they feel you know like they gain too much weight or whatever they're feeling or they're uncomfortable in their body but i it was actually very freeing for me because there is this societal pressure for you to look a certain way so much so that every time that we go to take a selfie, our initial reaction is to suck our belly in. Okay. Uh And I think a lot of us, a lot of us are guilty of that. And when you're pregnant, you can't suck it in. So it is so freeing you. It's, it's so beautiful and freeing because you can just live so authentically in your body and let it gain the weight that it needs to gain. And not only that, but you know that it's healthy and for this grand purpose. And it's just so, it's, it really is so freeing and it makes me feel sexual, like such a sexual horny being like, yes, I'm just free in my body and I'm loving the milky titties and they're big and they're stretchy. And yeah, my body stretched out and I had stretch marks everywhere and they were red and bright. And I just like, wow, that's crazy. Like, it's crazy that my body can get to this size. Cause I was pretty big. My belly was pretty big and I gained quite a bit, bit of weight. I think 50 pounds. And I think the average is like 30. So I was just, Mm -hmm. I was living and my, my son was pretty big and Mm -hmm. dancing with this huge freaking belly. I mean, I couldn't even see my pussy. So that was (laughs) like, go get it waxed. Um, 
and I, I couldn't see anything. And the worst, I, I would say the worst thing that happened to me is you get hemorrhoids. Okay. Oh yeah. Sorry, yeah. anyone. <laughs> you might want to turn and tune it, tune off right now. But um, <laughs> you can get hemorrhoids during pregnancy because I the baby is so heavy, and then mm-hmm. uh, you get constipated and whatever. So, anyways, I got some like real, real ugly hemorrhoids, but I still had to dance. I still mm-hmm. had to make money. I couldn't afford to take the days off and I didn't know if they were ever going to pop back in. So I would like, <laughs> I would like try to like push them in before I would like get on stage. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's incredible. But honestly, I was just like, I didn't know how to hide it. And I was just like, fuck it. Like hopefully what I did is I would just kind of like rub my pussy, which was allowed there. And so I would just kind of like rub it a little and like hopefully hope no one was looking at my, you know, budded flower of an asshole. Uh, <laughs> it was really, <laughs> oh my it was really, yeah. And then I also lost my mucus plug there. And so it's like this mucusy thing, like you're about to give birth and I'm like in the bathroom. I mean, I was there all the time. I was there almost every day and I lost my mucus plug there. And I told the bartender, I was like, yeah, oh my God, I think I just lost my mucus plug. And and she's like, you need to stop working. Like you're yeah. gonna, like you're gonna give birth here. And I'm like, you're gonna pop in the club. There's, there's a possibility my water could break here. There's a possibility, and then I'm just gonna be like, I, I just was imagining me sitting on someone's lap and my water breaking, and just being like, oh yeah, baby, I'm so wet. You make. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> because you know, there's like most of the guys wouldn't have like. They'd be like, oh, they wouldn't have known. No, they would have no. never known. They would have never known. But I mean, I would- they don't understand like basic vaginal anatomy or not all the, like no, none of that. I've had so many people like like rub up on my crotch area, and I'm just like sweaty, and they're like, oh, you're wet. Yeah, <laughs> you like this? I'm like, um, yeah, sure, sure, <laughs> whatever you say. Yeah, of course, <laughs> you would know that from that. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a lot of guys wanting to lick uh, or suck my milk. Oh, um, I, didn't, go. I didn't let them because one, my nipples were like way too sensitive. Like if you even like touched it, it would like hurt. Right. And then two, I just was like, I don't know. I was just like, I want to save it for my baby. I, it was my own, it's my own thought process mm-hmm. on this, you know? Um, so yeah, I, was I mean, it's also own. like it could just set you to lactating, which could become really painful. Yes. And I also heard that if you um, that it can also induce labor if you mm-hmm. if you if you play with your nipples too much or, you know, start sucking on them, it can it can induce early labor, which um, oh my I didn't want. So there was a couple reasons. But I will say after <laughs> I gave birth, I went to dance one or twice two more times at that club uh, uh, about six weeks later when I was healed and I went back and it was my first time drinking. Don't worry. I had the test strips. I was pumping and dumping. I was doing all the things so I can You're good, drink dude. when I was. No judgments when, here. When Just was, making it through nine months. Like you deserve know, a break, right? mama. I couldn't wait. So I went back there and I got drunk on shift. It was my first time drinking in so long and I was so excited about it. I had some tequila shots. It was so much fun and I was having fun with all of the customers and I got on stage and I decided I was lactating and so I poured I 
I squeezed my nipple and I put milk into the first guy's drink. Oh. And he oh goes, my God. hell yeah, and puts it in the air and takes the shot, right? So Holy I shit. Yeah. around the entire bar squirting my breast milk <gasps> in each person's cup. Oh, my God. And the oh second God, guy milk had machine. a whole glass of beer, and you could just see the milk going in and, like, kind of curdling. Oh and he's gosh. just looking at me with disgust on his face. <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of like sets his beer aside like, great. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a fun time. <laughs> uh, some people cared. Some people did it. I'm sorry to any drinks that I ruined. It was, it was, a, it was a fun time. But some, people, some people drank it and some people asked. And I even had one guy tip me to put milk in his coffee. He was like, I would like oh. some creamer. And I was like, okay, well, you know, the bartender is right there. I'm sure she has. And he's like, no, like from you. And I'm like, creamy titties. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll give you 20 bucks. And I was like, okay, for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, so for I put it, and I got to tell you, breast milk is fucking popping. It tastes like, um, what was that? Cinnamon toast crunch milk. Do you remember the milk? Yes. yes. I've heard. I've heard the tale of, of good titty milk. Wow. <laughs> you must be like, doing a really nice diet for your titties to taste like cinnamon toast crunch milk <laughs> i tried i tried yeah i definitely tried so that sounds delicious <laughs> it was really good i'm not gonna lie all my friends tried some and you know they everyone was shocked they're like this is one of the best milks it tastes sounds like it tastes better than almond it tastes better than oat like it is the milk of the, country, like the milk of the future <laughs> Honestly, why not? It's vegan, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, man. Now I'm like really thinking about vegan. <laughs> I'm like, the what qualifies? With dancing while lactating is like not everyone's okay with it. And I would start squirting on people. Mm-hmm. So when I was giving a dance and I had my, I had my nipples pierced at one time. So when the milk squirt, it would go like, like 10 Everywhere. inches oh. from my body. Like it wasn't like a little drip down. It was like, you're getting hit in the face with some oh. water hose right now. Just, can you be like, oh, I'm just so horny. <laughs> I'm just wet everywhere. <laughs> So I went online and I was like, what do strippers do? Like there must be some advice. And I found that a lot of dancers use liquid latex when they're lactating. And so it's a, it's a, basically what they use to create wrinkles and SF, uh, FX. Is that how you said that? Yeah. Special effects. Special effects. Special effects. So they, um, they put it on. And so I just put a little bit on my nipple and then would let it dry and it would dry clear. And it wasn't, it did look a little weird. Like you could definitely tell there was something like shiny and clear covering my nipples, Mm -hmm. but, and it also kind of pushed my nipples down so that they were kind of more like inverted, but it did work and it would keep people from being sprayed in the face. So that was kind of my go-to if anyone is, you know, pregnant or plans to be pregnant and wants to get back to work. That is my best tip is the liquid, uh, the liquid latex came in such clutch during those lactate lactating times. That's incredible. Honestly, the ingenuity of strippers is incredible. Yeah. Fucking incredible. Mm -hmm. This solution. (sighs) 
I die. <laughs> this is why I love the strippers. I love us strippers. <laughs> I do too. I feel like we're so creative. Yeah. I mean, it must have been interesting too, like for your coworkers, just because like so many people are moms, you know? Like- Most of them are moms. Most of them are moms. Um, and so, you know, they were just so sweet and they, they, I got so many hand-me-downs. I have still had to this day have only bought my son maybe one or two outfits ever. Oh. And he's almost two. Oh, that's so because nice. Hand-me-downs that were given to me and some of their children like four years old. And I was getting all of their clothes and a car seat. And everyone was just every day coming through with bags from home for me. And it was it was crazy. I ended up not having to buy almost anything myself because of all of the gifts that were given to me by these dancers and the people that worked there. And also having that baby shower where all of the clients could come. I mean, I just don't know a strip club during hours that would throw someone a baby shower. So during their own hours, hours and with clients. Yes. And they came. It was really. I what a really beautiful can't. sense of community. Again, um, TLC, MTV, VH1. <laughs> I'm pitching to you right now. <laughs> pitching to you, Eve Marlowe's birth story. Yes. <laughs> wow, it's it is like literally so cinematic and and movie worthy. Like Jesus, okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Good memories, yeah. really good times. Yeah, great memories, great times, great people. And just super blessed. And I know that that I, – I really feel like that probably wouldn't have happened in L.A. at a lot. I, I feel like that there was, there's not a ton of clubs that would have done that. Maybe not no. any. There's not really that many that have that same sense of community and also that won't, like, explicitly discriminate against you. Yeah. <laughs> it's – really sad and really horrible but it is the way that it is here and that's real shit (laughs) and hopefully it's changing i hope like there are all these stripper strikes and you know people on the front lines like trying to stir shit up and i'm i hope that's you know that means something Eh, okay <laughs> as somebody as somebody in it i would say eh, you know we'll see <laughs> i don't know like i'm i'm maybe um the it's so weird like i am so deep in the movement and yet i am very pessimistic about some things and the la scene is maybe one i mean like i would really hope that people will unite and stuff um but it's like there's just a lot of individualism out here Although I will say that I there are a bunch of like really close knit clubs that are very sweet and the strippers are great. It's just the management is terrible and the way that it's like who owns it is just a mystery, a cloak and dagger mystery wrapped up in drugs and mafia shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I you yeah. know, I wanna say that the person who ran the club is a woman. Oh, so I want to say that that could contribute to why it was so friendly and uh, well ran and sense of community. And if there was drama, it was really, you know, talked about and needed to be squashed right away. And there wasn't this, there wasn't discrimination. And I think 
I want to contribute that to it being ran by a woman. I really do. I think that that had huge significance in, in why I was hired and treated the way I was. Oh, that's really good. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. When your friend says that they're your ride or die, how do you know that they aren't lying to you? I know we all want to trust our friends, but shouldn't there be a bulletproof way to test and make sure that your friend will take that bullet for you? We could just force these alleged ride or dies to take a bullet as a form of proof of their commitment, but that can lead to complications like medical expenses and liability. Yuck. You need to know if your friend will literally throw themselves in front of the bus for you. Because if they aren't willing to go that far, they're just pretending. And we don't like pretenders. Which is why we developed a comprehensive screening system to determine if your alleged ride or die will really ride or die for you. Developed with the support of a cruel eight-year-old child, we will subject your friend to a series of tests and challenges to see not only if they are willing to take a bullet, but to assure that they are coordinated enough to maneuver in front of the gun for you. We run them through various scenarios with stand-ins for you to measure how willing they are to suck out snake venom for a snake bite, get hit by a car, allow you to drink their blood in case in the case that you are both trapped under a collapsed building with no food source. We'll donate their organs, from a kidney to one of their lungs, and so much more. At the end, we tally up their work and we'll create a comprehensive data sheet to see which scenarios they will ride or die for and which ones they will leave you high and dry for. At the end, the true ride or dies will receive a certificate verifying their commitment to preserving your life so that you will really know for certain who will take that bullet for you. Are they a good ride or die or are they a ride or goodbye? Now you can know for sure. Well, um, we're reaching the end of our time. So where can we find you? And do you have anything you want to plug? So I have an Instagram it is into the evening. Get it? Nice. <laughs> Eve, Eve evening. Uh, yes. Eve evening. <laughs> I love a pun. Yeah. Uh, and then my uh, OnlyFans is the same. And if you do have a pregnancy fetish, I have a full folder. I didn't do any too much explicit things, but I do have a ton of nude photos and milky titties and all that good stuff. So just hit me up on OnlyFans asking for some pregnancy stuff and I got you. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Amazing. Real MILF. Real MILF. Yes. Yes. Um, I am at the goddess Corey on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, I have a milkshake. It brings all the boys to the yard. (laughs) (laughs) And you can click the links in it. Uh, okay, amazing. Um, I'm Selena the Stripper. You can find me on Instagram at Pretty Boy Girl. You can find me on Patreon at The Real Pretty Boy Girl. You can follow us on Instagram at Ho in the Know, H E A U X in the K N E A U X. And on TikTok? You can check me out on TikTok. I've been really uh, scattered on that one because I just have had so much shit going on. But it is at Selena the Strumpet. If you want to check out my historical ho shorties, because I uh, I do really short historical ho segments, 
condensed versions of the full segments that we have here where I just talk about the hoes throughout history that you should pay attention to with pictures. Ooh. Yeah, that's the thing that you don't get here is yes. the pictures. but the visuals. The visuals, yeah. But whenever you go there, you get all the pictures. And make sure to rate, like, subscribe, all the things. Give us stars. I don't know what else they Perfect. Have. Amazing. <laughs> that's what we need, the stars. Go to Apple Podcasts and rate us with some stars. And that's it. Yep. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It was a good time. All right, everybody. Have a beautiful week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. More money. I want your money. I want more money. 